He is worth noticing, and any victory they have is his victory, and not theirs anyway. They don't talk about how others should be like them. They talk about him. They don't even talk down about others who are not like them. They don't talk about how Christians should be gracious to each other, but they have an atmosphere of grace about them that is hard to put into words. They don't get excited about anything that they do, but when they talk about their Lord, there is a kind of a twinkle in their eyes. They have no expectations of how someone should act, and some act pretty silly sometimes. I hope that I haven't made them sound extremely spiritual because they are the most non-religious group of Christians I have ever met. And yet, they know the Lord in a way that I haven't seen before either. They just seem to be people who love to be around each other. Their personalities are such a variety that if it were not for the Lord, I'm sure they wouldn't even care to know each other. They don't even use religious terminology. They don't talk like the Christians I have known. They don't get on each other's case because someone isn't doing something right. In all these months of being with them, I have never heard you should, either stated or implied. They joke with each other and do a lot of laughing. I have known individuals in churches who got along really well and did a few things together, but these people all do things together. They just seem to enjoy each other. It's weird how they obviously love each other dearly and love the Lord dearly, and yet they don't show it in ways that I'm used to. They don't overtly tell each other about their love for each other. Still, it is so obvious that it does not need to be said. They say they are not interested in getting together to develop relationships, yet they are closer to each other than most believers I know. It's as if they are not trying to accomplish anything, and yet they have everything that I have always heard Christians talk about wanting. As to doctrine, I don't know what they each believe, and they don't ask me about mine. That I love Jesus and that I am in Him is all that they are interested in. No one gets preferential treatment, yet everyone gets preferential treatment. I have never known such non-special people, and yet there is something that gives them a specialness. I know I sound like I'm rambling, but it is hard to describe something I have never seen before. Part 1. The House Churches. What are your choices? Not all alike. Two men, George and Fred, step out of their respective houses. Both men belong to the House Church movement. Both are on their way to a meeting. One gets into a car and the other walks across the street. But the two men, going to different meetings, will have experiences that are poles apart. George drives across town to his meeting. Arriving at a nice suburban neighborhood, he goes in and sits down in a living room filled with about 20 middle-class Americans. He finds himself in a rather stoic atmosphere, one of quietness and reverence. When everyone has arrived, the meeting starts with a word of prayer. Usually, the man or woman with the strongest personality begins to lead the meeting. Then come three or four prayers. In meetings like George's, someone may speak in tongues or someone reads from the scriptures, depending on which kind of group it is. A half dozen songs are sung. Then comes Bible study. The brother who shares from the Bible is usually the one person who always shares in every meeting. He leads. Sometimes he dominates. A few years ago, George attended a traditional church. Now he prefers the atmosphere and camaraderie of meeting in a living room with a few brothers and sisters. What he does not realize is, just as he was once there for the pastor's purpose, he is now there for the purposes of someone with a strong personality. And that person needs to lead, and to dominate. In so doing, such leaders can have their egos satisfied and their dreams fulfilled.
For George, the difference between the organized church and his house church is nil. After all, the modern-day pastor is fulfilling his dream wish, and so also is the house church leader. George left the traditional church and moved into a living room, yet he is still just a pawn in the hand of a leader-bent individual. This book is written by a man who is in no way satisfied with either the institutional church meetings or those of most house churches. To that point, let us look at Fred. Fred is also on his way to a meeting, but he won't get in a car. He walks across the street. George ended up in a living room because he was interested in renewal. Fred was never looking for church renewal. He and others came together because they were madly, passionately after Jesus Christ. Fred lives in the midst of a community of believers who are not meeting-centered. They do not drive far to one another's homes. They live within a block or two of one another. They spend their lives near one another.